श्री गौरी वैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की भक्त बिंद की गौर प्रेम आनंदे सो नाइस टू बी गैदर्ड हियर विद ऑल ऑफ यू एंड द ओकेजन इज फॉर एन अपॉर्चुनिटी फॉर नाम महिमा How are you? Good. <laughs> Glorification of Harinam and the uh opportunity to talk about the significance of the guru parampara and contradiction so forth so i believe this is the first this is the first initiation i did at proper village how auspicious uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> at this at the swami favorable temple huh Jai Shraddha Kanailal Ki Jai. So Rupa Goswami has made a, a nice statement, wrote a nice verse, and Mahaprabhu Chaitanya Dev liked it very much. was all the vaishnavas and tundavani has it come um he says that the uh, two syllables krishna are very auspicious and sweet and it's difficult to uh, explore the depths of the nectar of these two syllables and he <coughs> therefore he says when when they enter into the ear they they come from the heart of course of avishnav it's we have to understand that uh and try to enter into the whole idea if i might for a moment here of of cyclical time it's very very different than linear conception of time that we're really knowingly or unknowingly mostly unknowingly under the influence of it it makes us ask questions actually that that never came up for example in godia vaishnavism ever before questions about origins beginnings and ends and and such it's really not uh, and so in times gone by in, in indian culture and so forth 
uh, where they were living in this, uh, you know, repetition. Even the music in India is is, is cyclical. You know, the beat goes to whatever, and then starts over again and over again. It's circles and circles of repetition, and and uh, it's a very different um, space. And it answers actually a lot of uh, questions naturally. They don't they don't arise as one becomes more uh, absorbed in that the circles of the world, the breathing of Vishnu as it's poetically described and so forth, the coming and going, appearing again, the same message, it's temporary again, it's temporary in a pause, and again it doesn't endure. And you get uh, you get used to that, and you get uh, acclimated to to that, and then the circle of the, to leave that and enter the circle of the lila, which is repeating itself again and again. The lila starts and the lila ends, and it, does, it never ends. It goes round and round, and and then you you really come to the point, almost in a Buddhist sense, where samsara is nirvana, nirvana is samsara. This is very much played out in, in Gaudiya Vaishnavism. <clears throat> Human life, the world here is is the most Im- suitable stage for Krishna Lila. As I said the other day, stepping back to to enter into the one step back to look at it objectively, which we call renunciation, to enter into it hmm, with a different perspective and and so on. So, I, it just comes to mind momentarily here, uh, given. Uh, the discussion with regard to the, the holy name, and we say, well, it, you know, it comes first from the heart of the Vaishnav, and then it enters into our ear, and regardless of whether we're listening or not, it doesn't remain caught up between the ears, or it doesn't go in one ear and, and, and out the ear, um, but goes into the heart. Hmm? It's uh, Harinam. Hari is one of the f- favorite names of Krishna in, in uh, the Brajalila. Hmm? Hari, of course, means who takes away, who steals, and so forth. And the implication there is he is the person who's stolen our hearts. Hmm? It's a big love affair there. So, it's Krishna Nam, but the name Harinam is very popular for this uh, for this, this reason. And Pujapachita Marsh like to give the story of how Nam is uh, is uh, Krishna is a thief. The two policemen discussing, and one says to the other, "It's really unfortunate. This is in India that our God is a thief." Or he says, it's really lucky that our God is a thief. And the other one says, what are you talking about? That's the big problem here. You know, we were trying to get people to be moral and, and so forth. And then, you know, Krishna's a thief, a butter thief and, and, uh, and more. Hmm? We have to also think that he, he does like to steal butter, hmm? right? And butter is very soft and... Prem makes the heart very soft, like butter, I said. Hmm. 
<laughs> so this is the implication. He's a heart thief. Uh, so he he needs to steal hearts too because his heart has been stolen. So his heart has been stolen by the Braj Sundaris, uh, the inhabitants of Vrindavan, and so he he needs a heart, another heart. So so this is the form of Hari, and Hari Nam goes out looking for other hearts. In his fo- the named his heart his has been stolen. So in the form of the name. He goes looking for other hearts to collect up. Hmm. So, anyway, if it goes round and round like this. The, the, as I say, the name appears in the heart of the Vaishnava, then it comes up and goes into our ear. And as I say, even if we pay attention or not, the story was, yes, uh, it's a problem. No, no, it's a problem. Krishna is a thief. And the other one says, no, that's actually the solution to our actual problem. Hmm? Our actual problem is not uh, morality. That's only uh, part of the problem. Hmm? Uh, Vedanta and Gaudiya Vedanta in particular certainly transcends morality. That's what I mean by it. it you can step back into the world hmm, unharmed to take the fangs, as we were saying the other night, out of the out of the serpent. Hmm? So morality is kind of a check to take us in the direction of uh, away from animality towards humanity, but to uh, go the full measure of humanity, then morality is uh, is transcended. It's kind of morality plus. Hmm. Gaudiya Vaishnavism is supra-religious, if you will. Otherwise, ordinarily... Dharma, religion, what does Krishna say in the Gita? Susukam kartama vem, what is that verse? Rajavidja rajaguyam, pavitram idam utamam, bhagamam dharmam susukam kartama vem. Yeah. It's super religious, it's dharma, it's super religious, it's, it's knowledge, this is the point, it's rajavidya, so generally knowledge and dharma, they're separated. You understand? Knowledge means vairagya. That's its corollary. With the ingress of wisdom, then there's renunciation and there's the transcendence of the of morality, the, the, all the laws of dharma and so forth. Because you've 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 understood the principle behind them. Hmm? So generally, we leave off on the dharma and enter the jnana. So from dharma jignasu comes. Brahma Jignasu. I'm inquiring about religion. This is the Purva Mimamsa. We come to the Uttar Mimamsa and we inquire about Brahman. It's one thing to be a religious human, another thing to realize I'm I'm not human. Something like that. Or I'm more than human. Or that the human potential transcends being religious. It gives us the opportunity to become spiritual. Which religious sensibilities are included within, but which constitutes more than mere uh, morality, mere rules to check our tendency towards animality. Hmm. So generally then the juxtaposition of gyan and dharma together in one would seem odd. Hmm. Knowledge and religion. Hmm. 
one picks up where the other leaves off. But in bhakti, Krishna has described bhakti. He's, this is the chapter, ninth chapter I'm citing from of Gita. Rajavidya, Rajaguyam. He said, I'm going to give you the highest knowledge. It's the most secret of secrets. It's dharmic. It's knowledge at the same time. It's it's the purest of the pure and so forth. It's yeah. So <clears throat> it is a super-religious idea. Hmm. And so the... Anyway, the policeman said, "You know, our real problem isn't our is the people's isn't isn't the lack of people's morality and our need to to check it. Hmm? That needs to be done to some extent. But the real problem is that even if we are moral, our problem is not solved. Hmm? Indeed, attachment too much to the moral life can be problematic. That's where." We get it's 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 somewhat um, uh, we are we are an example of uh, of that uh, to an extent. You find uh, that a lack of morality by let's say Vedic standards in this in this Western world, Prabhupada was concerned about that. What would they be like over here when he came and so forth? Um, but there's also kind of a risk-taking mentality. The Dharmic people in India, they don't, they're really cautious to take a risk and to, to run after the thing and so forth. They, they kind of know, what it, have a better sense maybe if the time's gone by, what it, what it is and renunciation and so forth. And over here you hear it and young boys and young girls are running and thinking, I'm giving up everything. and They don't entirely give up as we see, but at least they're, 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 they're risk, risk-taking. Hmm. Works to their advantage with sadhusanga, combined with sadhusanga. They get on board and they... And of course, the nature of the path of bhakti is you run and if you trip and fall, you're still going forward and so forth. So There's no falling down in bhakti. This is the teaching of Nard. Chaktvas, sadharmam, charanam, bhujam, harer. So, anyway, the policeman said, you know, the, our problem really is we're not only policemen, we're human beings, and we're suffering from the human problem. The human problem will not be alleviated simply by the moral life. Hmm? And... And so it's good that Krishna is a thief because in the form of his name he does not honor high walls and locked doors and that's exactly what we've you know, put around our heart. Hmm? So when I say that Krishna Nam comes from the heart of the Vaishnava and then enters the ear and it, it goes into our head and maybe something keeps spinning around in there and maybe something even goes out the other ear but, <laughs> but for sure something goes down also into the heart. Hmm? Touches us there. And this is our beginning. So this is the beginning of bhakti, but you can see it's like the beginning of bhakti. It has no beginning. And this is, of course, the teaching. Ahayatuki, it has no cause, it has no beginning. It's It begins in the heart of a devotee, but it came from the heart of another devotee. <laughs> uh, it has no beginning and it has no end. Hmm. So I'm just reminded of that in, in speaking of the, you know, trying to speak about the genesis of of bhakti in our life, how it comes to us. At a certain point, we can look into the picture and say, it comes from the heart of a devotee and so forth. 
So Rupa Goswami said, when that Krishna Nam, those two syllables come into the heart and they dance in the courtyard there of the heart, then my senses become inert and it's it's not possible for them to uh, act in relation to sense objects. All my attention is drawn within the heart and to the movements there of of, of Krishna Nam. And then I think that I need a thousand tongues and a thousand ears to do justice to what's going on in there. The implication is my senses will become active now in another way, all in relation to this uh, extraordinary event. Krishna has stolen into the heart and and made everything in there. He's come rather readily. I mean, he, he's come. Out, he's he's a, a bit of an aggressor, as I said. He's looking for hearts. In the form of the Nam, he's looking for the heart. His heart has been stolen. He's looking. He's a heart thief. So he's there, and he's very needy. Is the idea. So uh, he is willing. This is. He's, you have to understand, Krishnanam is non-different than the named, and the named, as we know, is the supreme godhead, the center, the supreme enjoyer. And he's taken up the role of a sweeper. This is, seems very... A sweeper person is... You know, they have the laborers pretty well divided in India, so they have a, a labor group that does the sweeping, street sweeping. Uh, and Krishna has become the street sweeper. And in the implications, he's retiring all the other markets that have been opened in the heart to distract us and, uh, and, and thereby engage us with our senses in outward going in relation to sense objects and so forth. So he uh, puts them all... Uh, he, he, he's a... You know, it's a small shop there as it starts out. <laughs> Krishna's opened a shop there, hmm? but um, he's able to retire the mega corporations <laughs> <laughs> that, have <laughs> that have taken over the hearts and uh, of desire and uh, and um, and our, our our lives. You know, we have no no freedom, really, practically. We have no freedom. We're the corporations have us at, at every at every angle. Hmm? So it's a small shop, but very powerful, and the commodity is very, very valuable. And a little insight into that then goes a long way. So gradually, he sweeps the heart. He closes down all these other big uh, corporations and takes over. And as he does, proportionately, then this kind of necessity arises in the devotee that Rupa Goswami speaks about. I need thousands of ears and millions of tongues to do justice to this name. Hmm? It conquers the mind and all of the senses and so on and so forth. So the position of the guru is something like that, out of necessity to take advantage of what he or she is, is experiencing as to the effect of this uh, uh, having come in touch with the Vaishnava and uh, who has shared 
his or her heart and by way of nam it's gone into the ear and into the heart and it's, it's done something there it's troublesome it's problematic so he or she the guru needs help to take advantage of this they're ex- excited about this they have to talk about this and um even in the context of talking about it they're uh, caused to think about it in ways they hadn't thought about it previously it's it's very um it's a troublesome it's 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 a big enough problem to do away with all your other problems <laughs> um, and so you have to be preoccupied with the solution that means you have to get other people to share this idea with idea with and help understand the significance of it it's said that the transcendent experience is beyond words and beyond thought and while some philosophers reason therefore there's nothing that can be said about the absolute philosophers like Shankar for example realizers like Shankar they would say well we can't speak about the absolute we could if anything we could only say what it's not it's not this it's not that and so forth but the uh, Gaudiya Vedanta Charja Baladibhushan in his Govinda Basha he he say, had a different idea. Ikshater Nashabdat. Shankar will render it in the way that sutra that I've said, but he says the devotee Baladev says it's not that it, it is beyond words, it is beyond thought, but that means we cannot say enough about it. Not that we can't say anything about it, but we can never say enough about it. So we are always preoccupied with speaking about that trying to do justice to something beyond words. And as we try to, the significance of that only uh, grows and the problem increases. There's a need for help. And so Nam, really Hari Nam, is, this is Krishna. He is seeking all of you, good company, and through the medium of the person in whose heart he's taken root and so forth. And, and uh, it's uh, that root, that seed is growing and bearing fruit. Hmm. It's in the fruit, then the seed is found, right? Hmm. So if the tree is not bearing fruit, then it's, it's difficult to give the seed. The seed may not be so potent. Uh, you know, if, you, if the fruit is ripe, then the seed will be very powerful. Hmm. So with some, point is at any rate, with some development, Chitana Mahaprabhu had given this idea of a metaphor of a tree, of bhakti and so forth, and uh, planting it in the heart. So as that develops, it's when it becomes fruitful, then what to do? Mahaprabhu himself said, what can I do? How will I taste all these fruits and take advantage of them? So I have to share them. And this is, uh, Kaviraj Krishna says, described like this, metaphor of the tree of 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 of, of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's bhakti. Hmm? He described it Chaitanya Mahaprabhu he described Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as having a problem. Hmm? Okay, plant one seed and oh my God, what, what, <laughs> what's gonna happen with that? Hmm? So you're the solution and then you're the problem and then the solution further in this way it spreads. So, uh, and for this and to this, there's no beginning. There's there's no end. You know, we want 
somebody asked me the other night, is there, you know, what, what do you think about, we were talking about re- removing the veil, you know, of, of ignorance of Maya. I said, is there, is there anything to the whole idea that the veil will re- re- be removed for everybody, you know, at some point? And these are, again, these kind of ideas that are like, there's a limited number, or there's a beginning in time, and an end, and, and so on and so forth. So, they will all, this is, this is, we're part of something here that's will always be going on, and you're going to participate in it from one chair or another. Hmm? And what I say by that is, I was standing one day before Prabhupada's deities, Rukmini and Dwarkadish, in his temple in New Dwarka. I used to, in the earlier days of my devotional life, I um, be, be, I used to get up at four fifteen and then. You know, then I would, I think the Arctic was at uh, 4.30, or I would get up a quarter to four. Then by four o'clock I would be, you know, dressed and so forth, and then I would chant before the Mongol Arctic, and that was my original system. Later it became, we got up earlier and got all the rounds chanted and so forth. But anyway, uh, you don't mind me just reminiscing a bit. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, you know, an early, early, earlier point there, before it became a little more militaristic, uh, <laughs> militant in a, in a sense, uh, then I would, you know, go to the morning program and take prasad, and then I would go before the deities and I would chant the balance of my rounds, and then I would get inspired and I would go out and talk to people about Krishna. That was my system. So uh, one day I was standing before Rukmini and Dwarkadish and chanting Japa, and and I had this very profound uh, uh, response from Dwarkadish, and uh, he said, "You have to become a pure devotee." Because I was thinking, "Prophet's a pure devotee. I want to serve him and I chant purely and chanting and so forth." And it, you know, it's a, it's it's it it sounds. I mean, what could be more obvious? You know, that's the teaching, <laughs> right? But then you think about it. It's a little. This is what you're getting involved in. Is the point I'm making here? Hmm? This is the beginning, but this is this is what it involves. So, we're going to be involved in what we're doing here. From as I say, say as I say, from one chair or another. It just depends how you want to look at it. Are we making disciples or are we making gurus? This idea, the latter, is more perhaps um, appropriate. And I tell you frankly, even following the spirit of Bhakti Siddhanta, it's a fact that uh, that a, a genuine guru feels that the students are all teaching him or her as well. So, 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 a sharing of the Hari Nama, sharing of the problem, sharing of the responsibilities. <laughs> And so forth. You think I'm taking the burden, but I'm trying to unload my burden here <laughs> hmm? onto all of you and give you some responsibility for what this name will do. Hmm? Prabhupada said in the beginning, I gave out the holy name as an experiment to see what would happen, hmm? how it would affect them. He had devised some, you know, method, some system, some standard. I think one day he announced, and so on Sunday there will be initiations. Something like that, and uh, what is that all about? And some, some didn't even bother to ask; they just showed up. <laughs> mm. 
others asked and so forth. I think somebody somebody asked maybe, and, and he said, you have to accept the guru as as good as God. I guess he wanted to scare some away. and <laughs> Some were scared away. And others came forward and so forth. So... Uh, <laughs> So, <clears throat> sharing of the problem, sharing of the uh, responsibility, <clears throat> and uh, continued ongoing experiment. How will Krish, Krishna Nam affect them? Hmm? Uh, there are, of course, some standard expectations and so forth, but there's variety within that always something new and it's a very exciting prospect so um, I'm honored anyway to be here and uh, play my part in this and um, as per the part it's important to uh, emphasize that there's a, there's a appropriate ways to chant and ways that will be inappropriate or less conducive and that we should be aware of those, um, particularly this brings to mind the, uh, the concept of namaparada, offenses to the name that are mentioned in the Puranas and so forth, they should be uh, gone over and thought about. Um, <clears throat> and as we go through them briefly, we'll see that uh, if we have sufficient sambandagyan, sufficient uh, uh, conceptual orientation that the most of the fences are pretty much not part of the picture uh, in your life um, and so if you want to know how to overcome the offensive chanting then uh, that's a good part of that one of the offenses that uh, is difficult to overcome, perhaps most difficult, is what Bhati Vinod called the 11th offense, to chant inattentively. Hmm. What I'm saying is that if you have a good diet of scriptural knowledge, and those of you here know that uh, I've spoken a lot about all these things, i got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of those lectures and, and so forth that uh, most of you have listened to and been hooked on and are here, uh, you know, as a result of, <laughs> and so forth. You've got to keep listening to those. I keep listening to them myself, so keep listening to that. This is very much helps to corner you. It helps to do away with the possibility of all operads, but you may think, what about the inattentiveness that gives rise to other operads in one sense? Well, it'll also do away with that, largely, because it uh, it requires attention to to uh, hear the talks, to read the books, to study them and so forth and understand the meaning. And I, I'm after you to understand the spirit of it, as, as you know, and, and so forth. And um, the more you understand what you're doing, the implications of it and so forth, the more readily there's, there's the um, likelihood and the facility, the possibility of paying attention when you do sit to, uh, to chant. But overall, by and large, as I say, this is the solution. For example, one of the offenses is to well, there's two that are come to well, two that come to mind. 
that uh, are more difficult to deal with. That is to offend the Vaishnavas, Sadhudanda, and to disobey the Guru or to disregard the Guru. Hmm? Um, others like not to think that the de- names of the, the devas are on the same transcendental level as, as Krishna Nam. I mean, it will be difficult for you all to make that offense, won't it? <laughs> you think about that, you know. It's difficult for you to make that offense. But if you become too sentimental, I see it even, too sentimental, without, and, and, be, and you want unity and harmony, you get along with everybody, hmm? good ideas, hmm? and, and therefore you shy away, start to shy away from philosophy, which tends to cause differences. Hmm? The book says it's like like this, and well, that's a little hard at that. Some people might not like that. I don't, you know, she's my friend. And if I say that, you know, then so then you start to push the philosophy out of the way in pursuit of a harmony that, as I said the other day, will never come about hmm? unless it is philosophically grounded. The Gaudiya Vaishnava harmony, spiritual harmony, there, may, there, there can be all kinds of differences, but philosophically we have to be on the same page. This is Veda Ved, so Abhed means non-difference. Non-difference with regard to philosophy and Ved, difference with regard to expression in terms of <laughs> details, how it may be expressed in terms of the experience of rasa, for example. There'll be differences. Some will love in one way, some will love in another way. Both will love. Hmm? And that love will be a wise love, which means it'll be philosophically grounded love. It, it, there will be, a, you can paint any, any, any number of pictures hmm? um, of Krishna Leela, hmm? but there has to be a certain canvas on it. Hmm? So when we paint a picture and we say that's that's not on the canvas, Krishna doesn't ride motor mountain bikes or whatever it is, <laughs> you know, you're changing the canvas and now you're trying to draw a picture of Krishna Leela. No, we, that's not the idea. Hmm? Same canvas, and that that canvas includes rasa tattva. There's a tattva to the rasa. Hmm? When we talk about, shouldn't talk about higher topics. That that's one thing, but the tattva is not a higher topic. Hmm? <laughs> the tattva is, is 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 basic. There is rasa tattva also. So what is rasa? What is not rasa? What fits in? This is bhakti rasamrita sindhu. It's not a high book. It's the manual hmm, of uh, of bhakti, if you will. Hmm. Uh, high books are lila grantas, and so where there's no philosophy, hmm. and, uh, and they, they, without a grounding in philosophy. They will be readily misunderstood. You read Gita Govinda and you don't know Gaudiya Vaishnava philosophy, or you read the books of Jaidev or what? what, what Vidyapati, Chandidas, and so forth. Hmm? Mahaprabhu could understand them. Hmm? And then he thought, let's put a philosophy under these books. Hmm? Uh, that, that's Gaudiya Vaishnavism. That's why it said. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu gave something that had never been given before, but it's in Gita Govinda. What do you mean it's never been given before? <laughs> there was no philosophy to support that. What is, what is really being said there? What are the implications of it? Hmm? So it could not be systematically uh, disseminated and assimilated, and uh, you couldn't get any any real footing in that. Hmm? So 
we see on this with regard to this offense sometimes, well, you know, I want to get along with everybody, and, you know, we've been Hare Krishnas for so long against everybody, you know. <laughs> so let's get along with everybody. And, and yoga, yoga people, you know, they're nice. Uh, you know, we're yoga people too. It's bhakti yoga after all. You know, so let's... Uh, and they're doing kirtan, and, and we do kirtan, so let's do kirtan together. And then so, well, a little Shiva kirtan, you know, a little Durga kirtan, a little Kali kirtan. It's not, not so bad, you know. Something like that. Actually, we should know that none of these gods and goddesses ask for kirtan. It's, it's not part of their, their... They're not interested. The kirtan is for Krishna. Kirtan is an anga, a limb of bhakti. It's not a limb of jnana, marg. It's not a limb of ashtanga yoga. Ashtanga yoga has its limbs. Kirtan is not one of them. Hmm? It's nice that kirtan is so beautiful and powerful and, and that it overflows into the yoga circle of Ashtanga yoga or jnana and we find them chanting, but they, you know, they do the Shiva kirtan or, you know, and it's kind of competitive and they want to think it's, it's all one, Krishna nam, Shiva nam. There, there's a, there's a there, Durga nam and so forth, there's a difference hmm? in the efficacy and, um, and there's a beauty to it also. If you really understand the teaching, if you understood the philosophy and then you've entered into it, then you can go and chant Durga Nam. Hmm? No problem. Hmm? You can chant Shiva Nam and so forth. And you, you understand all these names are names of Krishna. Hmm? And you think, this is the as- one aspect of my God, Krishna. He is Shiva. She is Durga, Radha. Difficult to go to. Jai Radhe, Jai Durga. <laughs> but generally, in the beginning, it's that's uh, not recommended. Uh, one doesn't have that kind of deep insights, realization, and ability, and so forth to uh, draw what speak of, of from different names of the gods and goddesses. That these are all names of Krishna. These are all aspects of Krishna. I'm completely absorbed in Krishna consciousness when chanting. Durganam, it's, it's, it's uh, not easier said than done. And beyond that, to be in touch with everything and to hear the, you know, Krishna's singing on the, you know, from the, you know, Joni Mitchell or something. That's a Krishna, <laughs> she's speaking Krishna philosophy here. <laughs> How nice. <laughs> so, so that's possible. Mahaprabhu heard the kirtan, he sang, I should say, the secular kirtan, or secular song in the Rathiyatra. In the middle of the Rathiyatra, he started singing a secular song from Ras Shastra, from the poetics uh, of uh, Indian aesthetic literature. Hmm? He's, and, and, and people want to, what kind, what's, what's with this? You know, But he was Rupa Goswami afterwards, he wrote a verse, hmm? his own verse, and he explained what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was thinking and feeling when he was singing that secular song. And he took that verse and he tacked it on his thatched hut. It's like a way of you know trying to publish it right in those those times. 
he wanted to announce to the world what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was thinking and feeling when he chanted this this song. Mm-hmm. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu saw that and he and he he slapped him. Mm-hmm. How did you know that? You t- I, I, he was embarrassed. You, you know that about me. Mm-hmm. He said, this this is so private. He, said, he was appreciating it at the same time. He said, "You must have got this from Surup Damodar. He's." Because Rupa Goswami was visiting there in Puri, hmm? and Srubhadra was intimately associated with Mahaprabhu there in Puri, so he said, "You must have got from Srubhadra," and he confirmed at any rate, "Yes, that, that know my heart." Therefore, Narutam Thakur prays. What does that go? Hmm? Narutam Thakur. Um, hmm. No, no, it's a. Prabhupada used to chant it as part of the uh, an auspicious invocation. Uh, when will Rupa Goswami? Sri Chaitanya Manobishtam. Sri Chaitanya Manobishtam. Stapitam Yena Bhutale. Swayam Rupa Kadamayam Dadati Swapadantika. When will the Manobishtam, hmm? the heart of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, be, be, uh, which Rupa Goswami knows? Hmm? When will that come to me? When will, when I be, when will I be able to say I was fully identified with that? That will all come in my heart. When that will be real, revealed. Rupa Goswami knows it. When will it be revealed to me? The deep significance of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Difficult person to understand. Hmm? And he sang the ordinary love song. Hmm? Hmm? And if you read Rupa Goswami's verse, you see, oh, so he was thinking how he was thinking at the time. So to go this far, I mean, we can talk about that, but this is, this is not... Um, you're to come to that, is my point, but to get there, then you cannot imitate that. So first we have to think, Shiva Kirtan, Durga Kirtan, uh, I won't do that, I will do Krishna Kirtan. Hmm? That, 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 and Krishna asks for Kirtan. Krishna says, Satatam Kirtayanto Mam. Shiva never asks for that. Durga never asks for that. Hmm? And these gods and goddesses are, we, we are engaged in Vishnu bhakti, and bhakti is for Vishnu. Hmm? It's called Vishnu bhakti. <laughs> um, even if they have some Shiva bhakti, we see Shiva comes to, Vish, to the point of Vishnu, Sada Shiva. Hmm? But at any rate, we don't find this. Krishna asks, Krishna's, the theology of Nam being different from the name, name being different, this is all Vishnu Bhakti, Krishna Bhakti. Mm -hmm. And of course, Kirtan as we do it is particularly uh, concerned with Krishna more than Vishnu. The Kirtan for Vishnu is very uh, reserved by comparison. Mm -hmm. Once in South India, we installed some deities at a, I was participating in, in, in the mouth of my godbrother, Bhakti Gaurava Narsingamarsh, and he invited some Madhva Brahmins from Madhva Sampradaya, another Vaishnava Sampradaya, who are devotees of Vishnu. They're actually devotees of Krishna, but, uh, Madhvites, but they worship Krishna with awe and reverence. Hmm? And so they came and they did this uh, ceremony. It was very artful and complex and so forth, and very, very beautiful. And they chanted their mantras, and they did their kind of kirtan and so forth. 
And then we took the deities and put them on the altar. And so we began Namsan Kirtan, as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu with the drums and then dancing. And they, they looked at us like we were from another planet. We had never seen anything like that. How do you, you were standing up with an, and jumping and, yeah, <laughs> and so on and so forth. So this is, this is Goloker Premodhan, Hari Namsan Kirtan, unknown even in Vaikuntha. Hmm? This this idea, something like that, and being so made made so readily accessible, the wealth of Prem, of Golok being made available through Mahaprabhu's Nam, Sankirtan. So it's Krishna, Krishna Kirtan. Krishna asks for Kirtan. He says, My he says he describes my devotees are always chanting about me. Shiva doesn't say that. Hmm. Kali doesn't say that. And, and and these are gods and goddesses that are relative to the Gyanmarg. Hmm? They're um, uh, perhaps Yogamarg in a general way, Ishwar and so forth. Hmm? But we don't find Yoga Sutras advocating Kirtan. So we're 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 um, we're kind of inspired to see how it, they've taken it up and incorporated it in, in their own way and so on and so forth. But it's an offense to Krishnanam to think that these names are the same. So it's difficult for us to make that offense, but even today, I, and the reason why is because, well, we were well educated. We got, and in Sambandha again, we got a lot of philosophy. Prabhupada wrote so many books on this. What is Krishnanam? And everybody comes on the basis of these kind of teachings and so forth. This is a conversion, largely, rather than something you grew up with. And if they grew up with it, then they don't have the conversion moment, then, you know, they have to come to that, right, at some point. So my point here is you want to get grounded in this philosophy, that you don't then, in the name of some sentiment for unity, forge, attempt to forge a unity which will not be very uh, spiritually fruitful or meaningful. Unity is not valuable. It's what you're unified around that makes it valuable. It could be very, um, very unvaluable. Detrimental. Very detrimental, thank you. It could be very detrimental. Sometimes people are united for the very, very bad causes, as we know. So <coughs> unity, uh, for what? This is important. We have to have an ideal. Hmm? <coughs> And anyway, all those yogis will chant Krishna Nam. They don't have a problem with that. So when you come there, then they expect that for that matter. Hmm? So we shouldn't. This offense is easily overcome by understanding the underlying philosophy. Hmm? And uh, other offenses, like well, you know, that you shouldn't think that that the the uh, efficacy of the name, the mahima, the glory of the name that's been described, the, its uh, efficacy is, is imaginary. Hmm? The scripture does take a license in some places to uh, say things to kind of get us on board, hmm? scare us in some places, and offer prospect in some places, do this, do that, turn left here, face this way, pour water out this, and uh, say this. And then this will happen, and so forth. And there's more to it than what's being said there. They're trying to 
elicit a certain type of faith in in revelation that we might look deeper into it and see what it's really offering us and so forth. So anyway, when it comes to Harinam, then there's no exaggeration. It may not do everything that it's said to do to everyone all at the same time, but everything that it's said it has the capacity to do there. Scripture has cited examples, and it happened here, and it happened there. Or to interpret the name is another offense, uh, uh, to uh, give your own meaning to it or something like that. When Mahaprabhu was asked by Balaba about he wanted to give some interpretation of the name. Mahaprabhu said, I don't know anything. All I know, the na- name of Krishna, is Yashodanandana. Hmm. Shamsundar. He, he was saying, the name is non-different from Krishna. That's all I know. And that's a lot. Hmm. To know that, this, this, this is what we're, in a real sense, we're interested in. So, then, to... What to commit uh, sinful activities on the strength of the name by way of thinking? Well, the name has a lot of power here, so I'll chant. And then over here, I'll do something wrong, and then I can chant again. And I can live in both worlds like this without any problem. So this is this is not good, hmm. and that's not hard to figure out uh, either, and to avoid that mentality. Hmm. That doesn't mean that we might not slip and then make up by chanting, but, you know, to make a calculation consciously. This is not a good idea. And to think, again, that another idea that the name is, uh, the chanting of Krishnanam is like other sacrifices mentioned in the Vedas for material results or something like that, that will be to misconstrue the position of the name. Mm-hmm. And um, to, what else? Anybody keeping track? Yeah, to to vilify the Vedic uh, literature. We're talking about understanding it, the philosophy, and embracing it. So what to speak of vilifying it? That won't be helpful. Hmm? Um, Literatures. Literatures. To vilify the literatures. Right, to vilify the literatures. That's so that should be uh, avoided. To give to the faithless, right? This is this is an offense for the guru who gives the name. The guru must give the name to those who have the requisite faith. Hmm? Or if he thinks, hmm, she's got a lot of money. Uh, it would be really nice to have her as a disciple. Hmm? That would help me out in my old age, my my pension. So I will initiate her and give her a special consideration. <laughs> Even though she doesn't have faith, she she can't hear that your money is worthless, and therefore you should give it all. <laughs> <laughs> So <laughs> the guru has to see some some measure of faith that's awakened in scripture. So he has to speak, or she has to speak about scripture and and uh, awaken that that faith. Um, <clears throat> I like to tell the story of Gorkhshar Das Babaji and that one fellow who had everything and socially and 
The only thing he didn't have was a guru, a wealthy guy. And so he thought, in order to be, you know, complete, complete my social life, when the subject comes up, and who's your guru, Dave? He says, I've got to have a good guru. I have to have the best guru, he was thinking. So he he, he knew Gorka Shordas Babaji was, had a great uh, reputation and so forth for being a Siddha Mahatma, so he went and sought him out. And Babaji Marsh was staying in a field where people would go to pass stool in the morning so that no one would come and bother him. <laughs> so anyway, the fellow went there and he said, I want to be your disciple and I was, I, I, I'll give you anything, any, anything you ask I'll do for you. And he's thinking, I got a lot of money, what, what is he going to want? You know, he wants a hut, you know, he wants a, you know, here he's living out here in the field like this, he wants a hut or something, I give him what he, you know, that's not going to be a problem. So, Babaji Maharaj said, it's very good, I accept you as my disciple, I will do that. And I only want one thing. Yes, Babaji, whatever it is, he's thinking, wow, okay, I'm, not, I'm, I'm here, you know. I've completed my social package here. And Babaji said, yes, only one thing. You, uh, please live here with me. Mm-hmm. Stay here. Don't go home and live with me. And he right, ran away from that place. <laughs> so, <clears throat> so he didn't commit that kind of offense. So we should be careful about that. And in general also, it means that you, know, you have something very, very precious in the form of Harinam, and um, you don't want to... Uh, Give it, or give the the philosophy that supports it to people who who aren't ready to hear it. Sometimes it's better to say nothing rather than to say something. Hmm? Sometimes better not to try to convince people that they should become devotees, because you can start see right from the start they have no interest in this topic whatsoever. Hmm? So if I just try to tell them about that, they're going to really. I might think I'm purifying them. They're hearing the name and the philosophy, even though they don't want to. And they'll think, "Man, I got to get out of here." And then you'll think, "But still, I gave them the name. They heard it, you know. So they're benefited." No, you'll be a Vaishnava. Hmm? Be a Vaishnava, and they'll be benefited by your association. And if they learn to like you, they'll be they'll, they may be better off than if they learn. To not like you, I stay away from that guy. He's always, you know, something like that. There are so you, know, you have to be a little subtle sometimes and have confidence that you're you're carrying Krishna consciousness with you, and it's it is it, it's contagious if you're actually Krishna conscious, and and uh, you should be able to listen to people, hmm? hear what they have to say, and and learn something from listening about from them, and they'll learn something from you. Oh, he's he's a good listener. Even I like that person. Hmm? Then they might want to know what. So then you wait for you know, as I say, a teachable moment. Hmm? So this giving the name to the faithless is kind of like that. That you're not looking for the teachable moment. Hmm? That's not a good idea. Hmm? So. What else? Uh, then. Yeah, I wanted to save that one, mm-hmm. that one, and the and the offending the guru. It, so to maintain material attachments. To think the power of the holy name to be imaginary. Yeah, 
we went over that one, that the glories of the name are, are imaginary or something like that. We, we, we did that. So to think that the name, to, 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 to maintain material attachments despite the, the name, you know, coming to us and so forth. And so different ways to think about that, of course. We have material attachments, and, and, but they, we have to lift up the anchor something like that, if the boat is to cross the other side. So as the name reveals to us, it's apparent, this you got to let go of, you got to give that up. It's just, you, you know, it's not hard to figure out, you know, you can't give up everything, but some things become prominent. As soon as you pray, you know, then you think, then all the things, they come to, here I am praying, but I'm like this, you know, uh, I'm doing this. So. so that thing has to, you know, you have to start to move away from that, hmm? progressively. As the name reveals himself progressively, and what reveals what's necessary to be left behind, you have to have with courage go forward, something like that. So that should be avoided. That may be a little difficult to avoid sometimes. But the disobeying the guru, I guess, it begins with this. That's why we're here, because to try to get around the guru principle. Name will never reveal himself to someone like that, even though it's said the nam is transcendent to. And independent of initiation, this is the method by which he chooses to give himself. He doesn't have to, but he does. So by his choice, he gives himself through the Vaishnav, and that should be the method by which we approach on his terms. Hmm? Then he will more readily uh, choose to reveal himself, and then advices about the holy name, they may be more readily understood also. Hmm? Um, so... We find then the Vaishnava Parad, that one is the is a little despite so much again, it seems difficult for people to follow. But really also it will be resolved by understanding the philosophy properly. So um some clear understanding of Gaudiya Siddhanta and this will uh, this will help us to overcome these offenses, and and also to foster a real meaningful uh, unity. And there can be nuanced differences, of course. That's another point. I, I guess we could say in in a philosophical interpretation that that is is what we want to avoid is interpretations of the scripture that are really against the whole spirit of the scripture that 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 are that are contradicting it. There may be ways in which someone can draw something from a verse that others don't feel comfortable drawing that from necessarily entirely, but it has has room and so forth. So there's room for those kind of subtle differences philosophically, but mm, for the most part we have to be on the same page philosophically. And then, then the differences that come up, expression and so forth, as I said, they're beautiful and desirable. So... So Namaparad is one thing. What can we get from Namaparad? Still something. That's the power of the name. So we can make we can get progress within the world. And it might show up in your next life. You'll you'll be in the more pious life and background. All your money problems will be solved. You'll be psychologically balanced and <laughs> and and everything just by Namaparad. But you might have to wait a lifetime for the. Benefits to accrue. Hmm? So, uh, but from Namabas, then the, the shadow of the name, then one can get up to, up to 
to mukti, or to liberation. Hmm? So this is a way of speaking of the efficacy of the, the glory of, 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 of the holy name. And by Shudanam, of course, then we can get love of God. So this is our ideal. Hmm? Now Krishnanam is said to be very generous as we've described and it comes to us even in our unqualified condition. Hmm? Uh, like a thief, as I said, stealing into the heart and uh, affecting us even if we're trying to resist. Uh, he has that uh, that ability, that nature. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, that's at the low end, isn't it, of the spectrum, it comes to the unqualified. Krishnanam is, has his place in the uh, end result, in the prayogen, in prem also. Because, as we said, <coughs> what, what's in a name? Right. If they get your social security number, then they got you. Right, and they can get your identity and take your bank account and everything like that. So, if someone comes and does something and you steal something and whatever, and you say, "Did you get his name?" Then there's a chance of tracing him out and capturing him and so forth. So, Krishna, by giving his name, the implication is he's giving him whole, his whole self. So, therefore, the, the the rupa, the guna, the lila of Krishna, the form, the qualities, the leelas of Krishna, are all present in the name. Hmm? And so name, in this sense at least, is also uh, present in the perfection, in the beginning, even before the formal beginning of our bhakti, before faith even, nam may come to us. We hear the name. Very generous. And so from that end and all the way to the, to the top, he's there. Even in, in a formal sense, they're doing kirtan and goloka. That's true. Hmm? Gopi Gita is some... Um, like Gunakirtan, hmm? describing the qualities of Krishna. Hmm? And uh, sometimes Nam Kirtan, Ram, Ram, Mahabaho, Krishna's coward friends are often singing their names, Ram and Krishna and so forth. But in a, in a more prominent sense, I want to say the Leela inside the name it's taking precedence. The name is receding a little to the background. But I'm, what I'm doing here is I'm starting out to make a differentiation between two things that are happening today. The nam, blessing one to chant the name, and the giving of the mantra diksha. So there's Krishna nam and Krishna mantra. Hmm? So Krishna mantra is said to take one to Krishna charan. And Krishna mantra moksha uh, sangsar mochana. Hmm? To deliver one from material existence. So the Krishna mantra has it, uh, it, it, it differs in Krishna nam in in two ways. Hmm. It is nothing but Krishna nam in a particular uh, in, in a different case, hmm. and couched with a couple other words. Krishna nam is in the vocative case, and Krishna mantra, the name of Bhagwan in the mantra, is in the dative case. So, Vokadiva is an exclamatory, you know, Krishna. You could say it, as I say, on the low end, hmm? without any understanding. And Harry Krishna, there's the Harry Krishna. You know, you see people do that sometimes, like that. Hmm? Or in the highest sense, you know, an exclamation with full understanding, Hari. Hmm? 
Hare means Hari. Hari means anyway. Hare means Hari. That's uh, uh, so. Krishna mantra, on the other hand, <clears throat> as Nam seeks no qualification, the mantra seeks some qualification. Mm-hmm. And as Krishna Nam uh, is with us from the beginning to the end, the mantra has a point where it reaches its efficacy and retires. Mm-hmm. It's not in the vocative case, but in the dative case. The dative case is a supplication. Mm-hmm. So instead of Krishna, we have Krishnaya. Instead of Govinda, we have Govindaya, for example, in the mantra. A couple other words couched in there like Swaha, hmm, and uh, Seed, and so forth. And so this is very much um, to help us. When, at a, to a certain extent, we have taken advantage of Harinam, hmm, then the mantra comes to help us um, particularly with regard to saranagati, saranagati, to become and shraddha, which are, you know, they correspond with one another. Shraddha and saranag, saranag, saranagati means uh, like surrender. Hmm? It, it uh, faith. Shraddha means faith. So, saranagati is the outer expression. Faith has some tangible, you know, expression. So, for example, Krishna says, you know, to Arjuna, Sarvadharman pratyajamami kamasharanam, but he's telling him to begin bhakti now. That's at the end of the Gita. Begin bhakti. So, faith is a beginning also. Same idea. So, it helps us with this. And the date of case is, 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 is exactly that. We are making a petition to surrender. I give myself to Krishna. I give myself to Govinda. Hmm. And, of course, this diksha is part of the sambandha gyan, so, in, so the, inside the mantra, then, is, is the mantra will, will rise. like It rises kind of like the moon, you know, in different stages, in different phases, and uh, of, of its own accord, and when it reaches its fullness, then the sambandha is complete. Hmm? And the mantra has shown its, uh, our relationship with Krishna. Hmm? And now the bhakti is fully informed. Hmm? One enters in, into bhava bhakti. Hmm? The mantra is retired. One may still chant. Hmm? Is set an example for others and so forth, hmm? but the idea is the efficacy of the mantra has been reached. Sharanagati is the stage, if you will, dramatic stage on which the drama of Krishna Bhakti will be performed. So that has to be erected in the heart. Hmm? So this sadhana bhakti is all about uh, supplication, uh, you know, uh, surrender, hmm? and bhava bhakti is all about longing. Hmm? So uh, you have to get this, the surrender in, in place, the stage of saranagati, and then the longing of bhava bhakti. Uh, as the drama starts to be performed in the heart, the longing to participate in that hmm? uh, develops. So we look. We can look at the prayers of great devotees. We find some there for 
with regard to surrender, sharanagati, some with regard to longing, and so forth. See what will be most appropriate for us. There's overlapping, obviously, in each case. Sharanagati carries into Bhava Bhakti, and some longing is also there in in Sadhana Bhakti. But the mantra is particularly meant to help us in this regard, to establish this stage hmm, in the heart. And so it has a it seeks some qualification which is brought about by Harinam and then it reaches a point where its efficacy has been um, realized and retires. So it's very important. <clears throat> and it also, of course, gives us the, uh, the capacity to worship the deity because the mantra has been described in Srimad Bhagavatam as the form of the deity. The mantra is the form of the deity. So this is worth emphasizing as I did the other day that this form of Krishna is not an ordinary form. Our idea of form, to help us get some idea of what is Satchitananda Vigraha Govinda hmm? we talk about it in a certain way that the form seems similar to what we're talking about but it's very different, actually. So this to help us, just this idea, the mantra is the, is the form. This is, again, these are, what we're talking about here is meditative forms. What is, what is the, you know, people ask, if the world comes from God, where does God come from? Hmm? We have the answer to that. You know, if we say, world comes from Krishna, when someone says, where does Krishna come from? We say, from Radha. Where does Radha come from? From Krishna. <laughs> so it means also that Krishna comes from Bhakti, and Bhakti comes from Krishna. We're, this is again we're back in the circle. Krishna, in other words, Krishna's form is a meditative form. You understand? It's a it's appearing in a plane beyond mind. The form that arises out of meditation. That's a real form. Our form is a mythic kind of a form, our present form. It's a mental form. Here today and gone tomorrow. But the meditative form is a closed-down mind, or in bhakti, it's a, it's a bhava-saturated um, mind. And there's shape that comes out of this. You, 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 you make the leela, in a sense. But because... Bhakti has come to you. Hmm? They send it to you, you understand? It's taken over your senses. Like you say, well, okay, revelation is the perfect way of knowing, but you have to use your senses and your mind to understand it. Hmm? But what, what bhakti is, is an exercise of the senses, of the mind. It's bhakti exercising the mind and senses. Hmm? It's a different thing, so... With material senses, you can't understand Krishna. Bhakti is 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 an engagement of the senses in herself, in bhakti. So it's by bhakti that you're understanding is the idea, not by the senses, not by by mind unto itself, and so. In, 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 you look at it from one angle, you are creating the Leela. Hmm? 
bhakti has taken over your mind and you are meditating hmm? and your a shape is going to come out of that and that's you and then you're there in the book and you you're uh, you know on a certain page and you're writing on the, you know writing it there hmm? so this it's this you know they have this new age idea create your own reality kind of. it's kind of like that but it's a it's a, you got to get this it's it's not even create your own reality because there's no creation involved there's no and then you get back to you know where's the beginning where's the end and hmm, who's the fall from where or what and they're, they're not issues you know so you understand what I'm saying it's very interesting bhakti is non-different from Krishna. Krishna is non-different from bhakti. So when your bhakti becomes bhakti proper, Krishna is appearing. You're creating Krishna, if you like. Uh, you're, you're causing him to manifest, and he's causing himself to manifest. And it's, uh, so uh, this... Uh, uh, hmm. Yeah, so a meditative uh, reality is is a real is more real. Hmm. You want to think it's a meditative reality? Must must not be that real. Hmm. No, it's more tangible, more real. Uh, beyond the mind, we come to consciousness, the ground of of being, and this is where Bhakti Sarasthi Sarasthi Thakur used to say, "Bhajan takes place on a canvas of Advaigantatva." So coming to Advaigantava means non-dual consciousness. There, on there, you, then real bhajan takes place. Leelas now uh, uh, manifesting and so forth. Hmm? It's not like all oh, the leelas are all there in the Bhagavatam. That that's it. You know, it is and it isn't. This more to that. So the more of that, we have, this is our ideal, right? And Krishna Nam and Krishna Mantra. This is the way to. To go with good guidance. Good, good guidance means well. It means a lot. It means somebody's praying for you. That that counts. That's that's pretty significant. Somebody, you know, you, you think about it. You think, well, you know, while I need a guru, I can take instructions and so forth. Instructions are there in the scripture and uh, from sadhus, and I respect all sadhus, and I like to take their advices. I heed them. Uh, so I'm applying the real essence of the guru his in, or her instructions i'm keeping under that you know within those parameters and so forth um so why you know the need of a formality of a particular guru uh you know that has, can get problematic it can get groupy or whatever you know and uh and people might have different reasons Past experiences were, uh, you know, were not good, and so forth, and you know, any number of reasons. But a significant point here is that 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 you see, when you get the guru, the, the guru is is a is a spiritual person in your life who who's in your life. To be honest with you, even if you're not, you know, that involved, that person is someone of spiritual consequence that actually thinks about you. Hmm? You know, you could say, I take the teachings of Rupa Goswami, but do you know Rupa Goswami is actually, I guess you could say, if I'm taking his teachings, he must be thinking about me. I mean, I'm doing what he what he teaches, and but it's a little bit more tangible. <laughs> if we have a guru, and we, in, in, in our life, and, and 
I can I can tell you, as a guru, I think about my students and friends and how to help them, and and, and I, you know, I'm 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 doing something for them, <laughs> the well wishing and a concern and so forth. And it doesn't go on, you know, unheeded. As much as one is dear to Krishna, he has a concern about someone, then that that that, that has some power. We think that would be good for me. That sounds like uh, I'd like to have somebody like that of spiritual consequence who cares about me. Hmm? That's uh, what I would think of great um, value. So another good reason for not avoiding the the guru, which would be then an offense to Harinam. Hmm? which would then, again, cause him to hold back from revealing himself. So, um, these are some thoughts about what we're doing today and um, what we're going to follow this talk, I guess, with the whole uh, ritual and sharing of the uh, mantras and so forth. What's the time now? Okay. Okay. I think we'll not ask for any questions. And are there any questions? <laughs> I guess I should have asked. The hands are going up. Uh, Indonesia. Um, to Prabhupada used to say, uh, milk touched by the lips of a serpent, serpent's poison effect. And it seemed he was he was talking about non-devotees chanting kirtan or whatever. And I was kind of listening to that. And this is very popular these days. Well, I think that um, the analogy of milk touched by the lips of a serpent um, really applies more to uh, teaching about Krishna hmm? in ways that are not in concert with the teachings of Krishna about himself, if you will. Um, so then you're hearing about Krishna, but you're hearing like a Mayavad edition of Krishna or something like that. With regard to chanting, all kinds of people chant, and and um, that's probably good for them, uh, whether they understand it or not, even if they misunderstand. Um, but we we do tend to want to enter into a kirtan that's under the auspices of of um, pure devotion that that will really be in our interests uh, so you know we, we look at it as a religious and spiritual experience not as a form of entertainment as sometimes it's uh, it's billed and, and uh, or something just pop on the you know tape and bebop along with you know? <laughs> uh, so uh, <laughs> I mean, there may be some place for that, but uh, you know, you have the kirtan as the muzak in the background. And the, your life is something else. It should be a little bit the other way around, ultimately. But, but um, you know, I, I think that uh, we we see other people chanting. They're they're not uh, devotees, and they don't understand the uh, really kirtan. I don't think it's a bad thing. It's probably probably a good thing. Um, start somewhere and uh, such people are probably receptive to hear from you more uh, I find that I do lecture in, at uh, circles of communities of people involved in yoga and I find they're really interested to hear some underlying philosophy behind kirtan
What else? I think it, that depends on what you can do about it. Some things you can't do anything about, you know. And so, um, and you have to have some faith that you have to give people some credit. People come to become interested in Krishna consciousness or any spiritual path because they're sincere people and they're interested in spiritual life. And, um, you know, so they ought to let their sincerity guide them find a way, uh, like, you know, here is kind of a dead end. I mean, at the other, you know, <laughs> it's kind of a dead end. People come in, they're going to hear something, and, you know, that's what you're talking about, right? That kind of thing. Yeah, that kind of thing. It's just, it's, 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 a, it's a dead end. So you can know, well, they're going down a dead end. They're going to find it. They're going to get the sign that says dead end. <laughs> and they're going to turn around and come back the other way, and there we are, you know. And our road just keeps going and going, you know, and there's no end to that. So um, that's one, you know, approach, and uh, it's it's kind of widespread. So I, I tend to take that approach, and then if somebody comes to my door, then I, you know, talk to them. But, you know, it depends on your situation. If you're able to help somebody avoid going down to dead end hmm, in a way that won't stop them from going down either street, which is the other side of it, right? Then hmm? you have to be the judge. You're asking me for, to, to, to make a, de- a determination of uh, an, an, an event in your life or somebody else's life that, so that you can, you know, it's, it's too dynamic, as one would say, for me to give a simple answer to that. Well, I mean, you can always. Yeah, you could do that. Is, sure. And not feel like, oh, now I'm committing Vaishnava Aparad because I've stepped on this other Vaishnava's toes. Yeah, I think there's some in between and where you're not like, you know. Um, I'm not too evangelical, is what I want to say. What else? Another question? And you talked about the Psalms of God Day, Yeah. I cannot support. So that's only for those that 
have reached a certain level of qualification that they can they right. can take that and, and and draw something from it whereas others will draw the wrong thing from it. Well it's not like you can say, you know, here's what I drew from the scripture that you you don't you know you don't need a guru and you just have a ritvik system and probably be the guru and and and, and Ramananda Roy said hey there's something beyond scripture and mine is too I mean you know <laughs> it's like what, what's Ramananda Roy talking about you know what kind of that Mahaprabhu's head is spinning to hear that you know and and, and uh, so it's very different you can't abuse that this is and, and even for that matter. The Goswamis, if you, they have shown support to what Mahaprabhu, what 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 Ramananda Roy said. So, but of course, it's a Goswami support. It's not from the Gita, <laughs> or it's not from the you know this Upanishad or that Upanishad. But the Goswamis have shown support. So yeah, that's not to be abused. What else? Yes. Well, your it, it goes. It does have a a uh, what do you call that trajectory? Hmm? Operad. We have material desires, so those are attachments, kind of like sins of the flesh, and then you have operad, sins of the soul. You're going against bhakti, hmm? so it's very much to be avoided because you're going against the very thing that you're trying to cultivate. It's like trying to you know, it's like uh, uprooting a you know a seedling or something like that, or you know, pulling the le- you know pulling the leaves off a seedling, it's going to have a hard time to grow. It still may grow, but it may take some time. So it has its trajectory, hmm? um, and um, and how does it show up? Well, it shows up in a lot of times in inability for people to understand further or to to have traction. And get involved and make progress. It's 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 like a block, hmm? like you find people who just can't get involved. They've been around for years and years and years, and they just can't get involved. And and it, you know, there's some opera in the background holding them, uh, and then it'll pass in time. Hmm? And they come forward sometimes by the strength of a powerful sadhu, hmm? and their respect for that sadhu. Who caused it to dissipate? Like I told the story of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, his brother, one of his brothers, was passing and was in his dying days, and so he sat with him and he chanted. And his chanting, japa, for days on end, his brother came out of a kind of a comatose state and said, in my previous life, I was a Sri Vaishnava, and I offended a Gaudiya Vaishnava. Hmm. And now, by your presence and chanting, that I can understand, I've been cleared. And then he passed away. Hmm. So, the powerful sadhu comes into our, our life. Even those that can help to mitigate. They they show respect to that person and so forth, and regard and 
and uh, they listen and so on and so forth. So it, even that has a, uh, the Vaishnava opera, it has some trajectory. The general idea is, well, you've got to go, if, you know, if you offended with your mind, you can resolve it in the mind. If you offended in the words, you resolve it by words. Hmm. Some apology. If you just offended physically, then you, you know, you have to render service and this is the general idea, but then, of course, yeah, like you say, well, what if the Vaishnava you offended has left the world and so forth? And then you can resolve that through his followers, or, you know, if you pass from the world as well, there's other opportunities. So how we reject, regard sadhus, that will have something, you know, to do with that. Yeah. Um, if one develops a samskar for Vaishnava upright, that's a problem. Kind of seems like one with the snowball effect. You need a real powerful sadhu to give you a real kick in the head for that. Yes. Um, a follow-up is what's the um, like the relationship between uprod um, and uh, and um, and anarthas? It's a type of anartha. Okay. Hmm. It's. Uh, Vishnu Chakritakra has explained that four types of anarthas, I believe, coming from pious activities, coming from impious activities, coming from bhakti, in, in, the, in the sense that when you plant a, a seed and then some weeds may come up also when you're watering. Hmm? So you may do bhakti and then something may come as a result of bhakti. Some, some for example, honor might come to you. Like, wow, he's really, uh, you know, a good speaker. Or he really sings kirtan beautifully. And then you start riding on that, like, yeah, <laughs> man, I sing good. And, uh, you know, and here, you know, that's an anartha. And then anarthas that come from aparad. Hmm? And to show the, the significance, comparatively, of the of the aparad, that the aparad's results can carry on into bhava bhakti. Hmm? all the way into Bhava Bhakti. So that what's happening to the Bhava Bhakta, he can't get Prem because the fence has not been removed. He could be a very advanced devotee. He's experiencing Bhava and so forth. But still, his progress to Prem has been checked until that resolves itself. Hmm? So, we want to avoid that kind of thing. Hmm? And so we that's we find all the see this the operat is the whole that's the whole thing that's the whole catch that's the whole huge footnote to all just chant Hare Krishna be happy and the nam is, has such power and it's so efficacious and um, bhakti is so generous compared to other teachings uh, uh, so user friendly and you're hearing all this and. So, yeah, and then you find it's, it's difficult to make progress. And that's, that's, well, you didn't read the footnote there. There is aparad that gets in the way. Therefore, great saints have said, the evidence that aparad is in the background is that I have no taste for chanting. Hmm. So, the, you know, it's, it's, you get involved in bhakti and the opportunity for offense is there, apparently widespread. So, we've, now we should be cautious about that in this lifetime. And we see how cavalier people are about that. I mean, how, they, how this is, this, they throw caution entirely to the wind. I 
It's, it's mind-boggling to me. Uh, but you'll see them around next life, and they'll be hanging around the temple as an elephant or something, you know? <laughs> Who knows what, you know? And everybody think, what a great devotee that elephant is, you know? <laughs> Whenever the conch shell blows, he goes, you know? <laughs> Yeah. See, that's how generous bhakti is, the devotees are. The next life he'll be an elephant or whatever, and then he's glorified and everything, everybody. And then all that, all those devotees appreciating him so much, and all, you know, Krishna says, all right, let him go, you know. Hmm. Something like that. There was a disciple of Bhakti Siddhanta Sarsati Thakur that he, he, he had to dismiss from the mission. Hmm. And then, 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 then uh, he lived outside. Then he would come to the temple and so forth and render service. And he endeared himself to all the god-brothers and god-sisters and so forth. Hmm? So by the time that Saraswati Thakur again came around on the tour, his name was brought up, you know, if you could, you know, let him back in, you know, and so forth. And he said, I I can't as an Acharya, he's done this, I have to, but if you want, then he asked, you know, then I have to let him in, something like that. So, so the Vaishnavas are very generous. Hmm. Still, it doesn't mean you go and embrace the Vaishnava Aparadis. You have to be, you know, strong with them. You're making offense. I don't want to be around you. Next life, though. Or a few lives after. <laughs> <coughs> so, we'll stop there. Harinam Prabhu ki jai. Or Bhaktivinda ki jai. Kari Vaishnava Guru Parampara ki jai. Ur Premanandi.